everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for this little jaunt down back into the past, kind of, sort of, my dear friends, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. What's happening, fellas? Hey. Eric's here. We're back to talk about our favorite show. It's been a while since we've discussed it. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. By favorite show, do you mean anything? Oh, we're. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the (laughs) Four. Yes, we are here to talk, um, go in the past, and you know have a little retrospective on um, the fourth season of Star Trek Discovery because. Why the heck not? It seemed like a we good like idea. Torture. At the time. It seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I should have listened to someone, but I chose not to. Anyway, well, before we we get into that and kind of unpack um, some of the stuff, um, how have y'all's weeks been, man? Men, people. Well, not too bad. We, I mean, we were we were on recently doing a book, weren't we? Or am I mixing up weeks? Mixing up weeks, but it, it all, it's all the same. Dang it, Chase. <clears throat> oh, God, the weeks just go by so quickly. Yeah. <sighs> David's sick of me. It's, it's the code of what he's trying to say. It's like, I'm sick. Well, I mean, I just figure we at least do this like twice a week forever in perpetuity. So, you know, I just, I don't we know. Can. It's just, it's for, <laughs> forever, forever and ever. Oh. But I, I don't know. There, there really isn't much to share this week. It's, <laughs> it's, it's been a pretty, pretty boring week uh, from, from my end. Uh, I did, however. So, me and my girlfriend were out trying to find fish because we wanted to fry fish. Okay. Sounds like a good plan. It was a great plan, but nowhere around where we were at had any fish, decent fish, for sale. Because I have to get a little bougie and I just can't eat tilapia, okay? I don't want it. I don't want your lame farm-raised tilapia filet that, you know, they've just been in their random tank eating their own crap. I don't want it, okay? Well, guess what I ate? Tilapia. Uh, so anyway, you know, <laughs> this is so dumb, but it's like the little things in life that just make you smile a little bit. Yes. So we decided to get a couple of adult beverages and there's a, a brewery here. Uh, in Ohio, in Columbus, Ohio, called Land Grant. And uh, the store I went to had a whole bunch of them, and one of them was called Mr. Stacks. And it had this little cartoon stack of pancakes on it, and it was blueberry maple flavored. And you know what? It was pretty nice, and I enjoyed myself. So I, I drank down Mr. Stacks and a couple of Sweet Baby Jesuses, which was a chocolate peanut butter porter. Just just you know twiddling my mustache the entire way it was it was not too bad so there's the highlight it's the little things i love it i love that (laughs) pancake thing sounds pretty good actually mr stacks man man i'll send you some uh, along with the uh with the owl's popcorn thank you just don't tell the postal service because that's a (laughs) no-no Okay, all right. Eric is just like there, just waiting for his moment. No, I mean, I uh, I was in Austin for the past three days at a Ooh. conference for my new job. Uh, 
it was like an AP conference because I'm going to be teaching AP Calc, and it was like learn strategies about the AP test and how to like help your students on it. And you know, um, I there was you know I was just in the AP Calc room. There are ten of us, and this was from people from all over the the entire network of my school system all over the state of Texas. And then there were, you know, different AP rooms, you know, the AP Lit, the AP whatever, all the different APs, right? And they were in their own rooms. And, like, you know, it was kind of scary, some of, like, the people in the AP Calc room, how, like, much they were struggling with some of the material. And I'm like, you're going to teach AP Calc? <laughs> what, did they, like, I'm not trying to be funny, but did they give you, like, a math test or something? No, but we, you know, we were, you know, we were, we would work on some problems and then we would look we would grade some you know some old like actual students tests that they took okay. right so we could see the scoring rubric and and just you know when we were going over some of the problems like the people were the teachers there were struggling huh. yeah huh. but you know, I got stayed at a bougie hotel right in Ooh. downtown Austin $400 okay. a night hello yeah, but I still had to pay for parking, right? With 160 bucks for three days. But they they served us breakfast and lunch, right? Was it biscuits you know, and I, gravy? I, Please tell me biscuits and gravy. No, no, it was. I don't. It was like the first day. It was like uh, <clears throat> it was just eggs and potato. Eggs and potatoes. The second day was eggs and chorizo, and the, chorizo. The, the, like the third day it was like egg white flauta or something. I don't know what they called it. It was not very good. I think they they went easy on the third day's breakfast. <laughs> was there grits at any point? No. Why would you want grits? Grits don't south. have any flavor. Here, here's we're, we're some cornmeal. Go we're ahead and south. eat it. We're in the south, David. People eat grits in the south. But grits don't uh, okay, have any well, fla- Grits you know have what? no There's flavor. Grits have no flavor. They only How about taste some like hash browns? what you make it taste like. How about some bre- like sliced up breakfast potatoes with vinegar on it? How about like I don't know some blueberry pancakes? How about a piece of French toast or perhaps a waffle, which you can stack anything in if you really want to. Put some chocolate chips in it. Get crazy. Maybe do a nice thin <laughs> crepe with some, you know, maybe some different creams and and chopped up uh, you know fruit in it. Damn, or is someone it- like a breakfast snob over here? I mean, maybe you could take an English muffin, put some Canadian bacon on it, or ham because we're in America, a nice poached egg and some hollandaise sauce, and call it a Benedict Arnold. I mean, let's just go ahead and go. Look, when y'all were at the when y'all were at the station, you know, earlier this year, and I was making breakfast for y'all, I had no idea that David was like secretly judging me with his breakfast snobbery based on this like. You know, <laughs> you didn't make speech. grits. You didn't, didn't make, make grits, so you had no reason to be judged. <laughs> One way to alienate the South. Look, I mean, I've had great shrimp and grits, but like just grits on their own. I mean, yeah. They don't taste like anything. They taste like whatever you make them taste like. It's Wait, magic. here's a novel idea: make cornbread. <gasps> Take your cornmeal and make cornbread. Put some jalapenos in it. It'll be great. By the way, David, did you get a new chair? I did. I broke my chair. 
it was a cheap chair that I had through the pandemic, so like two years. So it, I was leaning on it the other day, and I just heard, <laughs> and the arm just parted. <laughs> it looks like he's got a fancy gaming chair. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's not that fancy. It's it's oh. fine. It was like uh, Staples had it for a hundred bucks, normally like two fifty or something like that. So all right, it's well, comfy. David, you know how it is when it comes to gear. Send me the link so I can buy it. Well, hey, if you guys <laughs> would, uh, well, Eric, I was about to send you, and I totally forgot, but. Amazon Prime had a deal on the uh, the the MV7. You know, it was like twenty five percent off. You could have been just like us. You should have told me. I just, I just <laughs> my brain sometimes just. Oh, it does that thing. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, y'all. Well, y'all were um, being all bougie and whatnot. You know, with your, you know, your beers and your whatevers. Your hotels and breakfast adventures um you know there's this thing I, I i've seen this sign i've seen people like taking like either like chalk or or spray paint you know to mark where lines are in the ground you know before you kind of dig like call before you dig kind of thing so it was it it worked out kind of but um you know, the just recently the other day, um, uh, I had finished up uh, meeting with my clients for the day, and I had been done for maybe all of like 15, 20 minutes, and out of nowhere, internet just drops, just drops, and like where I live, like y'all been where I live, like I live kind of out in the country, kind of, like for where where I am in Texas, it's kind of like rural, and. Anyway, the everyone like we never know like if it's like something happened or like our ISP is just being like craptastic or whatever. So we get on like like what little connection we do have and we're like messaging each other like did your internet go out? Yeah. Turns out all of the all of my city and the city next to it lost internet. <laughs> Because there was um, a construction team nearby that apparently, one, did not have permits, and two, did not call before they dug, and they actually um, busted, like, a main, like, feeder terminal line or whatever it's called. So, um, yeah, it, it was almost 24 hours before our, our internet was restored again. And, um, y'all, man, going from, like, having, like, one gig fiber internet kind of service to nothing kind of sucks <laughs> I had to I had to go elsewhere during the day just to be able to um, do like phone sessions with my clients it was it was rough man it was rough Wow. so call before you dig the more you know anyway that's that like that's that's been my adventure I suppose oh <sighs> Do we need to warn Raquel? No, I think we're 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 good. Okay. All right, y'all. You want to talk Trek? Let's do the thing. All right, everyone. This is your uh, black alert um, as we spin around. And go and do a retrospective of season four of Star Trek 
discovery. Y'all, we are we're not we're not going to talk about nitty gritty episodic, not even episodic, serialized stories like we did all season long for all was it thirteen episodes of season four. Um, you know, we just finished uh, Strange New Worlds um, recently, and what we wanted to do, like what we originally intended to do like a while ago, was to do these retrospectives, you know, to have a little bit of distance between, you know, the time we were watching it and like just revisiting it in general. So um, the guys and I were talking, and we're going to do this like with um, pretty much all the Trek shows that have aired over this last year, you know, as we go into... Uh, new year of Trek, more 52 weeks of hearing our voices again, maybe, question mark. Um, so, general, like, some of the things that we want to kind of, like, talk through are, like, kind of, like, themes, what we liked, what we didn't like, and um, kind of eventually arriving at, like, an overall rating for the season. So, um, I want to just put this out there again, because it's been a minute since um, we've talked about other shows and stuff. Um, we realize that not every Trek is going to be something that people enjoy. Like Red alarm! Some people might hate it. So whatever you hear us say, we're not here to yuck anyone's yum um, by any means. Like, these are just our opinions. If you love it, great. If you dislike it, great. Just don't yuck it for someone else. Um, so with that, guys, let's let's talk about Season 4 of, of Discovery. Um, this This originally aired back November 18th of 2021. Holy cow, eight months ago. That's wild. Wow. Eight months ago, we had the premiere of this. And for me, um, I actually got to watch the first uh, two episodes um, with, um, with a bunch of other Trekkies and stuff. But even still, eight months ago basically this week eight months ago this week is when this aired and of course we had like a little bit of a break in between um december 30th and then february 10th when it came back on for like what was it the last i think five episodes six episodes something like that give or take so um i guess just like it's also been over for almost four months goodness right Right, yeah, it went off the like air. March 17th. March 17th, yeah. yeah. Four months. Good grief. So, when we we were, I mean, like, looking at these ratings, and we'll, we'll get to, like, the ratings, like, like, like for, as a season. Um, this was, like, there, there were, like, some pretty average ratings um, that we gave, and there were, like, pretty average, meaning, like, sevens and stuff like that. Averagely bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's some sevens sprinkled in there. There's an there's an eight and a nine in there somewhere too. Hey, there's at least there's a nine. There's one nine. There's one nine in there. One. Um. <laughs> so, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna rate this as a season much later on towards the end of this. But um, when we think about this season. You know, like starting with off with Kobayashi Maru and going all the way down to coming home. Um, what what were you guys thinking in terms of like what this season was trying to do in terms of like maybe themes or messages or just stuff like that um, as a as a cohesive season? 
I think to me there are two things, two themes that stand out. Um, one is um, how do people react, or how do, how are you going to react in the face of the unknown? Right? Are you going to, you know, approach it with fear? Are you going to approach it with like, I'm going to try to understand it and accept it? Or are you going to be afraid of it? And is that fear going going to drive how you respond to the situation? I think for like the first half of the season, I think that's definitely the theme. I think you see that play out in several different episodes. Um, <clears throat> and then I would say the second theme, more of like the back half is, you know, how do we communicate, right? How do we, if we, we don't, you know, understand each other if we're not if we don't think the same way how are we going to communicate with each other and is there a way we can bridge the gap between us i think that theme i think dominates the second half of the season sure sure which are both good good star trek themes um i think the second half like maybe is dealt with a little bit better like you know, once we actually get to the 10 C, right. How do we communicate with them? I think that played out very well, like right at the very end, not so much like in the long journey getting to them, but Mm -hmm. I do, I do like the idea of tackling those themes. I'm just not sure the show did it all that effectively. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I think yeah, go ahead. That's a really, I mean, that's a really nice way of putting it. You know, that, that it's, it's a very nice, per the normal, eloquent, Eric way of putting it. And I appreciate you for that. I, I really do. Because <laughs> that's, you. it's good. That's good. And that, I'm sure, is exactly what the showrunners, the writers, the producers, the actors all wanted us to see. The only problem that I had... I I guess is that it's the pursuit of the message got so jumbled at points that it was really hard to care about it. One of the things that actors are supposed to do, or at least in my opinion, is to make you feel something, connect, connect with you to share the message because you're right. The message is great. That message, if that were central front and center and communicated effectively, it's a great message. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a Star Trek message in like one episode of a season. <laughs> you know, it took uh, uh, 13, 13, yeah, episodes, 13 episodes, right? 13 episodes <clears throat> to tell a similar story to what they told in season three. Big disaster. What are we going to do? We're fit. We don't know what it is. Let's figure out what it is. Let's learn to communicate. And season three was more like calm down a petulant child on a dilithium planet. And then in this one, it's learn to communicate with a species that is, we don't have necessarily the means to communicate with. There's, there's a huge barrier there. So right. Right. While the message, while the centralized core theme was good, cool i like it it's the execution and you know the 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 other thing i just hear in the beginning and i don't want to compare it to anything else um 
namely a better show that we've watched recently, but like character development. I'm always more concerned sometimes with character development. Like, do I care about these characters? And I think it's it's necessary to point out how oftentimes it's like, which one's Bryce? Which one's Reese? What does Nielsen do? You know, what is Tilly supposed to be doing? Who's our chief engineer? Where is this character at? We haven't seen him for three episodes or whatever. You know, what what did we actually mean to do with Gray? You know what I mean? It's like, what's the deal with Adira? What's the deal? And uh, I don't know. So much of that stuff uh, fell a little flat, unfortunately. Sure. The one, one thing that... Um, and I can agree 100% with with um, the good Lieutenant Commander Eric and his eloquent um, statement that he made. The, the thing that was also kind of coming up in a way, and I hope this doesn't sound too convoluted, but it's like almost this um, like yin-yang kind of um, dynamic that I think was kind of um, at play. Maybe it's not a theme, but like maybe it's just like something there um, where we're looking at the light and the darkness and the, there's like a, there's still a bit of good, there's still a little bit of bad, regardless of which aisle you're looking at. So it's not completely consumed. And I think that that was really on display, um, especially like whenever you're looking at, uh, whether you're looking at either Stamets and Tarka or you're looking at Book and Tarka um, or even um, Burnham and Book. I mean, pick any, any character couplings, right? Uh, not couples, just like couplings, like, um, and, and just maybe that character examination um, and how how that was on display and and how we as people can maybe relate or learn from them and in I mean we, we learn we learn and, and have those dynamics with our characters I think in pretty much every TV show but I think there was something different about this season that was really putting that in the spotlight I don't know if y'all maybe are what y'all think about that even as I'm kind of describing that right now Or not at all. Either's fine. Anyway. I don't know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> all right. But, uh, I mean, like, apart, apart from that, like, any other um, thoughts about, like, themes or um, topics or just things in general um, that were kind of, like, standing out to y'all? Well, I, I would also say another big theme that was pushed from a couple fronts was visibility mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. and I think that um, sort of the disservice that I felt at times that that was given was you know you have Gray who I mean do we really know what Gray became because Gray died and you're effectively dealing with a memory of Gray that we somehow transplanted out of a trill symbiote into, as we've called it, the Picard Gollum body. And then we didn't really do anything with them. 
Yeah, and then after that, Gray disappeared. Gray got a body. Disappeared. And then basically disappeared. Went back to Trill. And I and I like. This is one. Of, this is this is a problem I have. I have with this show as well. Is like, okay, you want to have representation, which is good, but representation for the sake of representation, mm-hmm. without having that character do something. Like I don't mm-hmm. think that's that's doing anybody any good. Right. Well, and even with with Zora too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have a, a sentient computer that you have to play games with. I I don't know. I didn't buy that as, as much. Like I understand what they were trying to do. I just didn't buy it as much. And we talked about it. You know when, you know. Uh, what was it? Uh, some of the, uh, the coordinates. Wasn't originally giving the uh, coordinates, right? I'm remembering this correctly. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. And we talked about that, and it's like, you want to leave your ship up to a sentient computer who could just tell you no? Then there's nothing you could do about it? Mm. <laughs> that doesn't seem like an efficient ship. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, I, again, it plays on the theme of visibility. I'm, you know, I think we're all down with that. It's cool. But I just, like I said, it, it's like you're, you're there one day and then it's gone the next day. And, then, and it wasn't impactful. And that's going back to one of my original points, character development. I mean, Gray's a character. And we didn't develop it. Zora's a character that I didn't feel we developed at all. But there again, we also didn't develop our bridge crew very well, if any. No, we have these random so. moments where it's like, like we're going to evacuate the people. And Reese is like, I'd like to lead the evacuation because at one point, Starfleet helped my colony evacuate. And yeah. that was it. Like, we get this one little clip a snippet about oh this is something that happened and then we get this one one scene from like i think it was detmer i'm not even sure but it was like whoa we i like to surf and we can ride the waves out or something <laughs> i think it was Det- might have been a wushikun that said that <laughs> i don't remember that's and that's that's a problem that i can't even that remember Bryce. but like we had Bryce. to yeah. Bryce, we had to yeah. ride Bryce, right? Yeah, I'm I'm a surfer, and we can ride the waves out out of this danger. And we get that mm-hmm. one little line about their backstory, and then that's it, and nothing more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just never spent any time with them to care. I hate to say it, but you have to care about the characters, and we we never spent enough time with any of them to really make a connection. We spent a lot of time with Burnham, but we've spent a lot of time with Burnham. Over the course of the entire show, she's the main character. And in this case, I mean, we, we there was Rillick. We did like her early on. We did. And, uh, and then that kind of went a little bit south at times. So, yeah gotta have that character development but again visibility as eric said visibility for visibility's sake rarely lasts and it's never as impactful as you think it will be you have to build you have to build upon it yeah it's a it's a it's a cornerstone yeah that you build on and if you don't well 
It's just a corner step. Yeah, one one of the comments I remember making, um, especially when we got to um, the whole <clears throat> gray gray storyline and um, and the visibility and like getting a body and everything like that. The comment I made was, "This is source code. This is this is a hundred percent source code." I don't know if, if um, any of you have seen that movie or not. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, was the uh, main dude. I can't remember who the the his co-star was, but I'm not going to spoil it because, like, once you know the thing, it just ruins the whole movie for you, basically. But it's source code. That's that's what happened. Which I think that's been David's like prevailing thing is like what happened to the originality that that Trek did. Like Trek was like the one that was creating the ideas that other people just kind of xeroxed for themselves, more or less. Um, but I mean, I think we're I think we're really hitting on like some of the the main themes right like especially like with visibility because i think that was uh was that michelle was it michelle paradise that was very vocal like saying this is going to be a thing thing. yeah yeah so i guess um this is kind of a segue in a way but do we think like in terms of like these themes that we know about one of which being visibility do we think it was done well no 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 just putting somebody in front of a camera doesn't make them visible you, you have to showcase sure. them sure but that's with anything though mm-hmm. I mean yeah like you like y'all were saying like it goes back to the whole character development piece of it um, yeah we had like human beings on a stage but where's like the the heart of it and like Look, this is just three dudes, in like our opinion. I'm sure other people are gonna completely disagree. They're yelling at like their speaker right now as we're talking, kind of like Eric yells at us while we're doing like a book review, David. (laughs) (laughs) I don't yell. I I talk. I talk intently. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Let's let's talk a little bit about like what some of like our likes and our dislikes. Um, I know we could it probably just yeah. Let's talk about our, our likes and our dislikes. So, um, what were like maybe one, two, or three things um, that maybe you you liked about this season of Discovery? I think the first thing most of us are naturally going to gravitate to is the episode Species Ten C. I think that's the highlight of this season. Right, it's like I remember when we when it premiered that day. Chase texted us all in our chat and was like, "Discovery pulled off a real Star Trek episode!" <laughs> like we were all so excited. Like here we have we're making first contact with an alien race that you know how do we make for because they're so far ahead of us and they might not even see us as sentient and we can't just use our universal translator. Right? We have to do something, and then they're going to teach us math, right? They're going to teach us a language based on math, and you know that made my heart happy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and a lot of it was just standing around in a circle or in a line in a cargo room, but it it felt authentic, and it, it was really a good idea, and I think it delivered on that theme of, how do we make contact? And that 
that to me is the high point of this season is that one episode yeah agreed I mean that that was the highest point <laughs> that we got um, <clears throat> I would say that I, I, I know that it might be disagreed upon but I, I think one of the things that I appreciate them attempting to do was to break the character of Michael Burnham away from the save the galaxy at all cost character that we've had the 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 uh, uh, what is it the messiah complex type of thing and it seemed like they were really attempting to kind of utilize relic as that foil um despite episode one being a low rating for all of us there is a a shadow of trying to bring Michael's character down a bit and being like, look, you can't win every situation. Now, the thing that brings that episode down is that there was never, it was never agreed upon between the two characters. It was really presenting a point and Michael saying, but no, I have to bring everybody home. I can't accept that. The Kobayashi Maru is stupid. Well, that might be true, I guess. You, you, you never want to leave anybody behind. You, you want everything to be roses, but that's not life in general. And um, I think that she learned a little bit throughout the season, but probably not enough for most people. But I just want to kind of point it out a little bit that there was at least an attempt at that. And, that, and then, and this, this has kind of become a, a bit of a running punchline as we've been watching Strange New Worlds, is that instead of utilizing the rest of the people around her, she kind of just always popped up with the, the instant solution mm -hmm. a lot of times. So I, I would say that while I liked to see some development, it also then transitions into a bit of a dislike when you've taken away the leadership skill that we've seen throughout Star Trek, which is utilizing the specialties of the people around you, putting them in the proper position to flourish and succeed, and then you making the final decision based upon all the available information. And that's a failure. If you can't do that, that's a huge failure for a Star Trek show. Because universally, it's down to the captain. Right. They make the decision. Right. But... If you're not utilizing those around you, you're not really leading. So, whereas there was some development, logging into the dislike side of it, there really wasn't true leadership throughout most of the season. So that was that was something that I think is um, pertinent to talk about. Okay, so so I, I have a few points I want to jump in there real quick. Um, so like yeah, in the first episode, you see it toward the end, like. Rillick says, like, you know what your psych profile was when you first got here? Due to a loss in your childhood, you have this, like, like, um, complex, like, complex where you have to save everybody. And Michael's like, I see no problem with that. <laughs> and it's like, it's literally the whole point of the Kobayashi Maru is that you can't save everybody. Like, you know, 
sometimes you put you try to put the needs of the many or the few in front of the needs of the many and like that's not the point and yeah I, I like I did like that early on when Rillick was like putting Michael Burnham in her place like like you're not the smartest person in the room you're not the only person capable of doing things but I will say that I think we do see some growth in Michael Burnham in this season that I think is really important like you know we've seen it in past seasons it's like she is like I am right what I say all the time is right and we've said before like she's not she's not a captain she should not be a captain like she right, doesn't right. have the qualities that would make a good captain and well I don't necessarily think she's a great captain this season I think there are times when she makes really good decisions and I think it helps like I know last season when Saru became the captain we were like Saru's making good decisions early on and then David started to point out like maybe Saru's not a great captain either and we were like yeah you know Saru's making some bad decisions but I think Saru the first officer like really helped Michael Burnham here in this season like like point some things out and I'll go <coughs> specifically to the stormy weather episode which I really enjoyed I neither one of you I mean David didn't give it a high rating looking at these Chase gave it an okay but I really enjoyed stormy weather and like they're they're flying into the anomaly and at some point they're like we have no ability like Saru's like we don't have any ability to complete this mission right now and Michael Burnham's like we're leaving. Mission's over. We can't do it. Mission's over. Let's get out of here. Let's. I'm going to protect my crew. We'll come back and we'll try and figure this out another time. Whereas, like, in the past, if, if somebody, if, if, like, like Captain, if it had been Captain Saru and he's saying, we're leaving, we can't do this mission, like, First Officer Michael Burnham would have been like, no, what do you mean we're leaving? We can't leave. And that's that's growth because she makes the right decision to leave yeah and then there but so so i do see some growth in michael burnham here like while i don't think she's a great captain yet i think i think there are things to like about her character development and becoming a better captain all right captain's prerogative we're going we're going off on a, a rabbit trail for a second so when when discovery first premiered um, or at least the idea of, of Discovery was coming about, they were intentionally focusing on, like, the first officer, basically. You know, like, this this commander. Like, it wasn't going to be focused on a captain. So, I guess what I'm wondering, guys, is if the focus for Discovery was originally on a commander that was not a captain was the number number the number one right um and we've seen everything transpire over these four seasons does this show and this isn't getting ahead but does this change how we look at the show if we look at discovery exclusively as a focus on first officers more than captains meaning regardless of where burnham is the focus is always on like a saru type of character does that change anything well michael burnham was only the first officer for two episodes in that's true one. that's true yeah <laughs> and then she was just science specialist yeah um 
and I, what was her? Was she the first officer in season two? No, she wasn't. Saru was, wasn't he? Uh, Saru, like it seems like Saru's like been the captain like forever because like he took over well, in, the, like, in the mirror Pike, universe. Pike was the captain in season two. Yep. And I think, you know, Saru was the first officer because they were on their way to pick mm-hmm. up their new cat, who they never found, by the way. Whatever happened to him, man? Is he still at McDonald's, like, waiting for his, his Uber or something? Like, what's going on, man? No, no, this show has always been about Michael Burnham. I don't think it's been about the first time. I think it's about her journey, and I think eventually we all knew she would make the journey to the captain's chair. Yeah. Sure. And I honestly, as much as we have ensemble shows from our 90s trek, this story is really about the captain. Like, they're the person that, that is all with the focus is always going to get drawn back to the captain. Yeah, I mean, you, you could you could do something just strictly with, with a crew member or, you know, first officer chief engineer i mean you could do perspective stuff but ultimately just like with anything who makes the final decision the captain that's why it focuses on the captain or or why attention will always be diverted to the captain mm-hmm. and isn't it kind of funny how like season two we just we just dropped in anson mountain like things got kind of kind of cool for a while there and we had season three and then we were like man when is that strange new world's coming god i want want a little bit more of that guy come on give me a little little more of that guy y'all got any more of that answer mount it's some more the 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 quaff the super quaff we need pike's peak you know it's amazing what it's amazing (laughs) what the presence of like a fully formed captain right who like knows his stuff and who has a style of leadership can do for your show right it's amazing what having that person in the center seat can do because <laughs> i mean without it without you know captain pike in discovery the show has been all over the place mm-hmm. and i think we'll all admit the quality is probably a little bit down from season two in all the other seasons can i also bring in another theme here because i think it kind of relates to sort of that season two and then how we address a lot of things later on. Is that, is that, is that fine, Cap? That's, we that's cool? You're going to do what you want to do anyway, so yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Family. Family's a theme here, too. We talked about the, the Discovery family, how this ship is more like a family than it is an actual crew. And there's a saying that you don't go into business with family, obvious reasons for anyone who's ever dealt with family too Mm. much you know um but i think that i think that they tried really really hard to make everybody seem like they they love each other they they support each other they're they're there for each other but in the same classical way that families do that sometimes they don't listen to each other that's true. Which is not something you want as a crew. And when you're not listened to, that causes dissension 
And while that's not showcased in this show, it's oftentimes a reality. People like to be listened to. You don't necessarily have to be praised all the time, but you do want to be listened to. And drumming back to sort of the, the, the captain's theme there, when so many of the decisions were not really utilizing the specialties of others, aside from some one-off riding a wave story. Yeah, cool story, bro. Um, how do you expect to sustain a real feeling of family when it's not really? It's, it's like kind of like a bit of a fantasy that we're trying to cultivate where we all hug at the yeah. end, like yeah. sitcom style, but we all know that that's not real. Right. So I haven't got to share my, what I liked about this season quite yet. Um, I think I've been very, um, po- I was very vocal about it. Like when we were doing the um, original um, recaps, but I was a huge fan of Culber. Um, and how well I believed uh, mental health professionals were represented by him um, in this season. Like, Culber has slowly but surely become like my absolute favorite character of this show, hands down. And um, the thing that, um, whenever, whenever I'm watching a show, and there's like some kind of therapist that's on a show. I'm like, oh great, here we go. Like, how does that make you feel? Kind of crap. Like, we don't ask that. That's like the most cliche thing. We do not ask that. Period. Full stop. And I hate it whenever I hear that that nonsense in a show. And I mean, I think he did it like once that I can remember. But even still, like his demeanor, his mannerisms, and just. He just did a really solid job, and that is very meaningful to me as a member of the profession, um, that it was represented as well as it was. Um, I already like saying Rillick's praises about like how she was in the beginning and kind of, you know, given given Burnham like a little like what's up kind of action there at the beginning, but it kind of like watered down a little bit. Um, But for the most part, I think... Culber, I mean, Culber is like the thing that really redeemed a lot of this season for me. Like, I just, I always looked forward to seeing him on screen. So, yeah, there we go. Um, in terms of, of disliked, I wasn't a big fan of Canto Bite making another opinion in a galaxy that's a little bit closer instead of farther away. Um, and the fact that we spent what, one and a half episodes like painstakingly trying to figure out how to communicate with some jellyfish blob alien things and then all of a sudden we are speaking in full sentences like it's nothing? I wasn't too crazy about that. Like that was, like what was the, that, that just seemed like it undid an entire episode and a half of development. Inconsistencies played a large role in this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, get lots of inconsistent. Yeah, you're right. We were like, how do we convey the concept of the four of us in this room? <laughs> and then the next episode, they're like, he's he's my one, but we're all one together. <laughs> and it's like, how do you like? How do you, you? It's like there's four people, but now like you can convey. Yeah, you're right. That was 
that was very uh, strange. And like, well, also well, at that same point, out, I was go just ahead. gonna say you, you had pointed out about the um, the anomaly, how uh, we couldn't warp out of the anomaly, and then later on in the season we were able to just warp out of the anomaly like nothing happened. That that's what I was just gonna say. Oh, like, I'm sorry. We 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 literally <laughs> spent two episodes. We literally spent. Two full episodes, the episode Anomaly and Stormy Weather, saying it's really dangerous to travel inside the DMA, right? We can't warp inside of it. We can't spore jump into it. We can't really navigate inside of it. Like, we had to send book ship in in Anomaly because it was small enough to ride the rapids, so to speak. And in Stormy Weather, we couldn't navigate because there were no stars, so we had to leave. But... Then it turns out we couldn't leave. But then, yeah, the episode where we're, like, chasing down Book, both Bookship and the Discovery are just spore jumping all over the place inside of it. And it's like, what do you, you spent two episodes telling us you cannot do this. And now here you're just like, whatever, you're just, we're just jumping all around because it, it's necessary. Yeah. And, look, I know that we're, like, 900 years in the future compared to where that we came from, but... Do we really think that space jellyfish bubble things have really evolved into what's beyond the galactic barrier? I mean, like Kirk and company, they went beyond the galactic barrier, but were there any bubbles for them to hop on? No. I mean, has has like the, the vacuum of space evolved that much to where there are these micro bubbles that we get to play with? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, guys. You know, like, my, you know what my biggest dislike probably of this season is, though, other than Tell those inconsistencies, is that shows sometimes, they're so focused on the number of episodes. We got to have 13 episodes. We got to have 10 episodes. We got to have 8 episodes. And it's like, this story of the DMA, it's not a 13-episode story. Like, let's be honest. Like, and Picard, I I know we're jumping the gun from our Picard retrospective. That was not a 10-episode story. But, like, the producers and the studio and the TV networks, they're like, you need 13 episodes. And the writers are like, but this is an 8-episode story. We'll make it 13. But this is an 8-episode story make it 13 <laughs> right? and it's like make it do like, more we just stretched out this back half of this season is so stretched out it's just like every episode we're on here like filler 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 and i know i've said many i've defended the word filler right it's not like the worst thing you can label an episode but when you have three or four filler episodes in a row, there's a big problem. And I and I oh. know, like we we like we said, hey, you know, watching one episode at a time, this is really frustrating. We can't. And we were all really frustrated with our ratings, especially Chase. <laughs> 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 but it's like, how? Like, did I, I know? Like, and I said, how are we gonna feel, or how would we feel differently about these episodes? Like, if we had got them all at once and were able to just binge our way through these four filler episodes in a row, and would it be any better? And the answer for me was no, because I 
got really bored watching all of them, even though I knew I could just go right to the next episode. It was just really boring. Well, I mean, a filler episode used to just be a decentralized episode, though. It was something that didn't yeah. tie into any theme. It was just its own thing. Like, hey, 90% you know, of Star Trek. Oh, exactly. And that's that's 100% true because you had, well, like Next Gen, you had an arc to connect two seasons, but everything else was kind of relatively its own deal. It's like, you know what we're going to do this week? Let's send Worf sort of into multi-dimensional space stuff land freak him out a little bit go 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 but yeah i mean the filler here is um you know kind of an episode that just doesn't do anything when you could have used in quotations a quote filler episode to say hey let's spend a day with detmer you know, let's spend a day with Bryce and Reese because they're the same person. <laughs> like, you spend an entire episode, like, realizing that they're different. And uh, and the, it's like, it's just like a running joke. It's just like, oh, Bryce, oh, I'm sorry, Reese, you know? Like, people are just confusing them. Like, it's some wacky sitcom idea or something like that from the 90s. And then by the end, we know who they are. It would have been great. I would have taken that over <laughs> the middle of the season. The, yeah, over the casino episode. Oh, God. The karma barge or whatever they call it. Look, sometimes you just have to box, okay? Sometimes you have to just, you know, put a little tape on your knuckles and get in the ring. Let's get in the octagon, fellas, and duke it out. I've got 20 on them. I think Chase is, he might have left. It's like, if you're listening, he's, his his picture's just gone from Zoom. I'm just seeing him sitting in front of a wall staring at me. Oh, he's back. He's back. Came back. Yay. Canto bite. Can we never talk about the karma bars ever again? This is a thing, like... Like, okay, The Last Jedi came out in 2017. We go to Canto Bite. And then Picard Season 1 came out in 2020. And we have a Casino Planet episode. Now Discovery Season 4 in 2022. We've got a Casino Planet episode. What? Why? Why are we doing this? Well, hold on. Let's, Why does let's everything be somewhat... have to do this? Okay, but let's be somewhat fair to Casino episodes. Because we had the next gen episode where they were trapped in that book casino world, and the then in yep the Royale, which I actually like that episode too. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun. episode. We also have yeah. DS Nine where we go yeah. to save uh, the hologram the guy, Vic. Vic Fontaine, yeah, Vic. yeah, and that's also in a casino. I'm and just we also saying. have Court with Quarks, which is literally a casino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But so anyway, I'm talking about uh, none Chase, of these three things. Boxing? Don't put it on Joanne. Oh, wow. Oh, Wooshakoon. <laughs> wow. And he's gone. <laughs> he's gone again. Oh, it's. He. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Eric, Eric, Eric. <laughs> what is our fascination with these casino episodes lately? None of them that I just talked about have been well received, by the way. None of those three things. Yeah. None of them. <laughs> None. But yet, yeah, you know what's funny? Like, STLV, Star Trek Las Vegas, it's the one of the biggest, you know, Trek cons in, you know, North America, held in Las Vegas. Where is, what, what's Las Vegas at? Casinos. <laughs> oh, the irony. Sweet, sweet irony. Okay. Have we talked enough about what we liked and we, what we disliked? Please tell me we have. Okay, good, so yeah. I think these next these next um, little bits kind of like go kind of hand in hand. So don't let's not go straight to ratings like as, as a overall season, but now that we've been you know eight months removed from when it started, four months removed from when it finished, how does this fare as a season in in retrospect? Like, does it improve? You know, now that we have, like, the whole thing, or is it worse, or does it kind of, like, stay the same? Like, what do we think about season four, now that we've been removed from it? Well, what I'll say is that Discovery, as a writing team and a production team, has fallen into a rut. And they really... This show, like, I they think they thought they were reinventing themselves by going 900 years into the future... But we've essentially had two seasons in a row that are almost identical in every respect. Like, and it, it, it needs to change. Like, the end of season three, we had this promise of, like, oh, now we're going to go rebuild the Federation. We're going to deliver dilithium to planets. We're going to reconnect. We're going to rebuild these relationships. And we're going we're gonna to rebuild the Federation. And... I was all I'm all for that idea. I think that would have been a great idea. And then like the very first episode opens, which Kobayashi Maru I think is a terrible episode. It's just all over the place. It's little it's all over the place, isn't it? There's like eight different storylines in that one episode. Anyway, like we fly to the butterfly people planet. I totally don't know what their name. They're just the butterfly people. And like that's what we're st- hey, we're we're bringing you dilithium as a gift we want to rebuild relations with you and hopefully work toward getting you back into the federation and then stuff goes wrong but then there's a problem and michael burnham instantly figures it out and we spend two minutes figuring out the problem and now we're off we're away from that that could have been a whole episode like that literally you could have made that thing a whole episode you know let's bring in a science team let's figure out what's wrong with the what caused the problems how do we fix it maybe we try something that doesn't work and then we we try something else and we work we figure it out we science it right we get a science delta an engineering delta right maybe i want to give those things out but no that's not what we, and then you could have had another episode that was similar to that right it not mm-hmm. have to be the exact same but you go to a different planet and you could have built a season around that and that would have been all in on that but you know we get that first we get that first trailer and it was like there's an anomaly that's threatening the whole galaxy and it's on a destruction path and you're like oh. did I roll my eyes loud enough for you to hear them? That's like why? 
why does every season have to be some galaxy-ending crisis that only the Discovery and her crew can solve? It's just... It, it, this show needs to reinvent itself. It, like, it, we can't keep having some galaxy-ending crisis. And I think I, I think season five is gonna be something like that because I think we were teased in it when like they're like, hey Kovic, who I still don't even know who the heck Kovic is. He's just some guy who shows up. It's like, what is your job? Who the heck are you? <laughs> and he's like, uh, I'm, I can't come with you on this mission to make first contact with the Ten C. I have something else really urgent to take care of. What could be more urgent than stopping the DMA that's going to blow up Earth and Navarre? <laughs> I don't know. Find out in season five. Next time on Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> you know, we, and I'm pretty sure, Eric, this was your whole, your whole uh, punchline here. We have a starship called the Discovery, and we discover nothing. Do any discovering? I mean, we we and and he he, you're you're 100 correct. You could have literally spent a season. Oh God, you talk about visibility! Holy hell, you could have been doing all of this stuff, connecting to different planets, different civilizations, different species. You could have worked in you know, the, the proverbial uh, the social justice message into all of these planets like countless Star Trek episodes have and how you deal with that because we have moved beyond this, but we're going to help you get beyond it too. Here's a solution. Like, you could have scienced the living hell out of all this because, I mean, isn't everything easy now? Mm -hmm. Personal transporters that we go from room to room with instead of just walking down a corridor. Programmable matter, which can literally turn yeah. into anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, instant instant flubber just out in the ether. It, it doesn't matter. You know, and maybe it's just too too easy, but you're 100% correct. This, this series is in a rut. Season four is a carbon copy of season three. And you could even, in a way, say is also a copy of season two. And, you know, because season two was just the race to the finish line. It's always a race to the finish line. You never get to enjoy the stops along the way because the stops along the way aren't memorable. It's like you're running a marathon and all you, you get a little tiny cup of water and you're like mmm water but then you just have to keep sprinting there's there's just nothing there to entice you at, at all and after four seasons you would think we would know this crew well and we don't and if i'm if i'm looking back 8 months ago when we started this season i think we were all kind of thinking like this is proving ground time. I don't think any of us liked season three all that much. I, I think there were some good parts in the beginning and then towards the end it just fell so flat we were giving it garbage scores, which hurts my little tiny heart. It just hurts, it hurts to do. And all they had to do was turn it around. All they had to do was do something new. I mean, how many times do I have to say it? Like, do something 
new. Even if it falls flat, like, just do something new. You, you don't have to continue. I, well, hell, this is on Paramount Plus, for God's sake. You don't have... You don't have to worry about, like, getting canceled off of CBS. Mm-hmm. Like, the actual network. Just take a chance. Even if it's stupid, take a chance. Take a risk. Do something new. Because um, I'll tell you this, gentlemen. If the next season is the same dull stuff we've been getting now for two seasons in a row, I don't know how likely I am to want to continue. I, I'm, I'm just being dead serious. Like, my opinion of it is so low. I don't, I don't have any excitement. I'm excited for Strange New Worlds. I'm excited for Prodigy. I'm not going to say Lower Decks. <laughs> But, like, I'm excited about those two shows because they provide you something. Meat. I mean, whoever thought we'd care about Rock Talk? I care about that character now. We had an excellent episode with Rock Talk. Mm -hmm. But why do I care about this show? What brings you back? What brings you back? And if the next season just doesn't prevail through that, I, I I don't know... I'm dead serious. I don't know if I... I mean, I love talking with you guys. But, like, maybe I'll just talk every other week or something. Because it, that, it would be tough. It would be really sure. tough. Yeah, and I know Chase has said this several times. It's like, when you do a one like a series of one-offs, like, like 90s Trek or the original series, okay, if there's one episode that you don't like, that's fine. Next week you'll get something new, and you might like that. But if you're doing a serialized story, well, if you, if you don't like the story, then it kind of ruins, like, the whole thing. And I think that's the problem that we've run into these past two seasons. It's like, yeah, season three started out really strong, and then it just they just totally lost the plot. Like, totally lost it. And it, like, meandered to some weird finish with a crying kid, and we're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this season start, started off bad, I think improved a little bit in the middle, peaked in the penultimate episode, which I hate myself for using that word because I hate it, <laughs> and then ended with, so, ended with some super safe episode at the end, and I got bored of it. Yep. Well, let me put this out here. The the episode that I gave the highest score to, uh, double check, an 8.4, Species 10C, episode 12, I don't need to watch it again. The highest rated episode of the season. I don't really care if I ever watch it again. It's interesting. That's not, that's not the kind of retention you want, because you're not retaining anything. Sure. You know, yeah, you, and I'm you just looking. I'm just looking at our ratings too. Like your highest rated episode from Discovery, eight point four. Yeah. Just, this is just David, right? One, two, three, four, five. There were five episodes out of the ten of Strange New Worlds that you gave a higher rating to than that. Yeah. I think we all did actually. Yeah, I mean. You know, David, you were, you were asking this question. I don't know if you're being like flippant or not, but like, why watch? Why continue to watch? It has Star Trek in the title. So, hoping that there's something I'm going to like. 
and Culber. Yeah. Hopefully there's a rare gem in there. So, for me, like, I really didn't want to, like, watch, like, all of this. Like, this, like, one, I don't have the time to, like, try and, like, get through all this, like, in a very quick amount of time. But I just, I have no interest in this either, if I'm being completely frank. Um, Do I think that this season gets better now that we have like the whole thing all 13 episodes compared to it taking what forever to finally come out because we have like prodigy and other stuff like in the mix i don't think it makes a difference if i'm being completely honest um and i think you know i think um eric was being generous with eight i think this season could be told in like five episodes I was hey, I, yeah, I was trying to be generous. <laughs> I think five episodes is it. It, c- like, it could be a six six episode Disney Plus thing, right? Could be a limited series. Seems like all their shows are six <laughs> episodes. Yeah. Well, if there's nothing else in terms of like how the season fared, okay. before before we before we just get into our final ratings, I just want to ask this question, like. Yeah. Putting aside, like, the endings, like, how these two things ended, you know, screaming child and floating space jellyfish that are so far ahead of us, what, which was the more, like, interesting mystery to you? Like, what caused the burn, or what is the DMA and who's responsible for it? What was, of those two, like, just comparing these last two seasons, putting aside how they ended, like, what the cause of them, what the resolution was, which was the more interesting mystery that like kept you with the burn or what is the DMA? The burn hands down. Yeah. The burn. Okay, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And I think that means this season is probably less interesting and less good than the season that came before it. I just remember, um, and I don't know how much y'all are on like, like Star Trek YouTube and Twitter and all the other stuff. But I just remember the buzz around the burn, like, especially like with like all, excuse me, all the fan theories that were coming about, like, Oh my gosh, a mega particle. Here we go. They're actually going to tie it all together. Awesome. They didn't, but like just the chatter and like the conversations that I was having, like with other Trekkie friends, like, that was fun. Like all the speculation. I know like not all y'all like enjoy doing like theory crafting and, and stuff like that, but it was it was cool. Like it, it was it was just it was fun, like seeing everyone go nuts over like the burn, and I didn't really experience like the same level of excitement over the DMA as I did the burn. Well let me let me just say this, Chase, coming from a, a different fandom. Um the problem that you oftentimes find with that level of fun speculation is that when you're continually disappointed by the end result, it becomes so much less impactful overall. You you don't have to go with fan theory because oftentimes many fan theories are stupid or they're oversimplistic 
or they're overthought out, unrealistic, blah, 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 blah. The fact is, is that everyone in the Star Wars area theorized and over-theorized and over-speculated about who was Snoke. And what we got was a character that was cut in half and it didn't mean anything at all. Literally nothing. It was just another pawn. So while, again, you can't just give in to the fandom... And while speculating can be fun, and it is, I've done my fair share of it in a couple of genres, if you don't have an interesting payoff, at least in your own creative way, overall it lessens things. At least that's just been my experience. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I think I think theory crafting can be fun, but I've said many times like I don't really do it myself. I like because I don't want to be disappointed or like anything uh, like in that regard. Sure. Fellas, let's if it's if it's all the same to y'all, let's let's go into um overall rating for a season. Um, so what I want to do just kind of, um, I'm not going to read off all the individual ones that we gave for all 13 episodes, but what I do want to do is I want to share our averaged scores based on that. So, um, based on the 13 episodes and the ratings that we gave, um, I'll give, you know, Eric's, David's and uh, myself's. Uh, and then that av- the average of our averages for basically what it amounted to at the time for the overall rating. And from there, we'll kind of take it from there. So, Eric, based on your scores during season four, uh, you rated this essentially a six and a half. A 6.5 is your average score for, uh, for the season. Um, David... Um, is at a 6.68, which is basically a 6.7. And for me, I'm at a 6.45, which is basically a 6.5, which gives us a overall um, average as a 6.54 or 6.5. So with that being the case, and I think y'all can see your scores too, Do we change our scores? So, um, who I don't care who goes first, but whether you keep your score, um, or and not only that, but like how you rate the season as a whole. I mean, honestly, I think a six point five is is not an unrealistic rating for this season as a whole. Um, I think that's probably spot on. I think if you were to go to IMDb it'd be like a lot lower than that. <laughs> I think there's some episodes that are like in the fours there, but I don't think there's any justification for any I know Chase gave some fours here, but like <laughs> <laughs> um 
<laughs> I, I think 6.5, 6.4, 6.5 is pretty fair. Is a pretty fair rating for this season. Like, yeah, there are some episodes that are just not good, but I do think there are some highlights. So I don't think like you can flame it because it does have good things that happen. So yeah, I'm content with the 6.5. Okay. The only thing that I want to say here is, and I'm going to be 100% honest about my thought process at the time. Uh, let's see. Record date. March 10th, episode 12, Species 10C, 8.4. I think I overrated that one. And... My only rationale is, and I'm not going to change it, by the way, and I think that the overall score is fair from my point of view. I have no issues with the overall. The only thing I'll say about that is, is I remember thinking 7.8 when, I, when, I, when we were in there, and I bumped it due to discussion. And I felt like I was giving it some charity points because it did have all the Trek stuff in it. But overall, I didn't really care about it quite as much. So I'm not changing anything. I'm just saying that like, I think that episode I gave some charity to because it did have a lot of you know Trek elements in it. You know, the math, the language and all this stuff. And that's cool. But that's just kind of what I expect from the show. I just kind of, that's what I should expect. That's what we should see. And just because we got it doesn't make it excellent. Um, and because, again, I still don't know any of these characters very well. My buy-in is relatively low. It probably drops below an 8 if I'm being 100% honest. But I'm not, again, I'm not changing it. And I think the, whatever, the 6.7 that I have there, fair enough. And the 6.5 overall, I think is obviously, is also fair enough. So just real quick, if we were to lower it, I think you said 7.8. Yeah. So like that would bring... It's not, it's not a huge drop, but it's still a drop below 8. Right. I mean, like it was your overall uh, 6.64, 6.6. Yeah, so it's not, not like a huge change. Yeah. It's point, it's 0.04 difference, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so are you? Would you keep your your average rating then, or or what would yep. your overall rating be then? No, I mean I, I think you know six 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 seven is is fairly accurate. Just the average there of the six seven is is perfectly fine with me. I'm good with that. Okay. <clears throat> I mean I think I I don't know like I still stand by like my fours and my fives that I gave. <laughs> um anyway, yeah, I still stand by those. I mean, I think that we're we're still pretty spot on. I mean, I think what I need to look at this real quick. Hold on. So we had just come off of Prodigy basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had just come off of Prodigy when, um, what was it, episode 
eight, nine, and ten were dropping, which and Prodigy ended on a super high note. It sure did. But then also at the end, we were like running up into those first episodes of Picard were airing at the same time. Yeah, that's what I this. That's the, what this the, green the first, is. The first couple of Picard episodes, we were all really excited about as well. Yeah, that's what the the green was. Oh, okay. Uh, I yeah, didn't know the what your color code was. Yeah, that the green is is overlap basically. Um, I don't know. Like this isn't like, like Eric said, it's kind of like a copy and paste in a way from what happened in season three. And I think, you know, a six four six five is probably what's to probably be expected. I think overall as a series. I haven't quite figured out how to decode all of IMDb stuff, but as a series, Disco is at, what, a 7? I mean, maybe. That might have a lot to do with the previous, like, season 1 and season 2. Yeah. So, I mean... Because, yeah, season 3, I mean, look, you just look at these episodes on on IMDb for season 4. 5.7, 5.3, 5.3, 4.9, 5.8... 5.3, we got something above a six, and then five point <laughs> five. <laughs> like the highest rated episode on IMDB for this season is six point four. Okay. So here's where we're at. So if we stick with our ratings and like we kind of just round them out, right? Before we we kind of average this as a six point five four, and with these ratings we're at a six point five three, so it's a, a very slight drop. But I mean it's the same, it's the same for Grant. It's a six and a half. So, um, yeah, overall rating is a six and a half for this season. Um, and I guess we'll we'll hear we'll hear from folks depending on what they they have to say. So, any final thoughts? Before we say see you later once and for all to Discovery Season 4? No? All right, Eric, it's the most important part of the show. Twitter poll. Let's go to the Twitter poll. Twitter poll. All right, so um, guys, I asked um, this very important question. Here we go. Which member of the Star Trek Discovery crew would you most like to see in a crossover episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So which disco crew member would you want to see on on Strange New Worlds? So we're going back in time. Yes. Yeah. Michael Burnham finds a time crystal and she goes back to visit her brother. Yep. Huey Lewis (laughs) and News going back in time. That's right. Because the power of love. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't that have been interesting if if the Strange New Worlds season one finale was Michael Burnham showing up to talk to Spock and Pike instead of Old Pike. <laughs> anyway, so the choices are <laughs> the choices are Burnham, Saru, Detmer, or Culber. I mean, Detmer's not a character. Detmer is a is a seat warmer who pushes buttons. Dang. Like, I literally, I 
I want. She had this PTSD storyline last season that they resolved like that. (laughs) She's not a character. Like, she really isn't. Mm -hmm. None of those bridge crew are characters. So we got, which Discovery crew member would you like to see in a Strange New Worlds crossover? Burnham, Saru, Detmer, or Culber? Mm -hmm. I mean... The answer is Saru, right? Saru is my answer. Because I'm not a fan of any of the... Like, I'm not, like, a huge fan of Culver. Not that I dislike him. But, How you know, dare I, you I've talk been, against him? But I've been very critical of Michael Burnham over, over yes, you have. the time. Like, you know, I, I don't think she's a great character. I don't think she's a great captain. But she is learning. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, De- Detmer Saru. wouldn't make any sense. Colber, I don't really see. I mean, I I also like Colber as a character too. I just don't see how. I don't see what merit or what storyline or. Well, I mean, I guess he could give some nine uh, hundred year old advice to uh, Pike about his death. It's like, look, you're gonna melt. Let's do a sand experiment. It'll be <laughs> great. Um. He could do something with Mbanga. But I don't want to. What, are they going to get out the, the Fisher-Price chemistry set? Yeah. And maybe huff some more vapors yeah. or something like that? Okay. Yeah. Not wear gloves. Got it. Um, <laughs> I was about to make a terrible joke. Mm. I'm not going to do it. I'm holding that in. It was really hard. Uh, anyway, um, no, I mean... Burnham's like one of the obvious choices just because of the Spock connection. I just, again, I don't really, I don't really see why. Uh, Saru would probably be interesting though. I mean, you could, you could build a story around that. So I would probably pick Saru. Okay. All right. So let's go to the results. Coming in in last place with 10% of the vote. Detmer. Saw that one coming. (gasps) All right. Coming in in third place with 20% of the vote. Our Lord and Savior, Burnham. Cool. Wow. Yeah. There we go. So it's coming down to Saru and Culber. (laughs) Our Lord and Savior. (laughs) Wow, guys. (laughs) All right. Coming. This was like, look, this was, this was really close. Like down to like the last five minutes, by the way. Like these were going back and forth for a minute. So coming in, in second place, our runner up, you know him, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that loses body parts, Saru. So our winner is Culber, like by that much. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Were there any justifications for no. this? No. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised by Culber, but I'm not going to lie. It makes me kind of happy. I mean, I, would, I was thinking it was going to be Saru, to be completely honest with y'all, whenever I was making this. That's why I said I think the answer is through. Yeah. Yeah. 
that'd be interesting. Like, can you imagine like how he'd feel like going from like then to back to the present? Like everything he could. Anyway, that'd be wild. Guys, we should get out of here. <clears throat> Guys, thank you so much for uh, for talking talking Trek with me and and doing this little like trip down memory lane. I believe uh, next time that we come back, I think did we talk? We say we're gonna do Prodigy next. Is that right? Sure. Is that what we said? <laughs> I think so. Let's do Prodigy yeah. next. Yeah. One one of the P's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, next time we'll do um, Star Trek Prodigy, um, and then we'll roll right into um, Picard. We will eventually do um, some lower decks. I think we have we haven't done a lower decks retro, have we? No. So we'll in fact we'll, do we'll that plan right on that being for season four. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll do uh, Prodigy next, then uh, Picard after that. So we have the we have some some P action going on. Some pew pew. Oh boy. Pew pew pew. <laughs> All right, everyone. I don't see any pew 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 button. <laughs> Let's go fast. Let's go fast. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, what do you think of our retrospective? Do you agree with what we sat, had to say? Uh, we'd love to hear. Uh, you can always get in contact with us. Send us um, an email: trtvpod at gmail You can also send us a voice only transmission to eight one seven seven five two four seven five seven. Remember, there's a three minute limit, so be quick about it. Otherwise. I don't know. The DMA is going to come at us like a bowl of mashed potatoes. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Um, anyways, other than that, if you want with to mail... With one ma- P. With one P. Not two. One. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to mail us something... <laughs> you know, like something from the Karma Barge, that's fine. You can always uh, make sure it gets to us by sending it to Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.